The Pilgrim Life is brought to you by the StarQuest Podcast Network and is made possible by our many generous supporters. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash donate. Pilgrim Life Podcast, where we find the sacred in everyday life. I'm your hostess with the mostest. My name's Deborah, and joining me today is Sandy, my favorite pilgrim, Sandy. Hi, everyone. And we are going to do something um, we swore we weren't going to do very much when we restarted this podcast, which is we're going to talk about our favorite saint because we just had his feast day and we were supposed to have this podcast done before his feast day. And that just, you know, didn't happen, but we're, we're going to talk about it anyway, because it's, uh, it is a very cool feast day and it is July 25th. So you're, you're listening to this in January 25th and it's, you know, six months from St. James's feast day. You can, if you're in the Midwest like I am and it's snow and like 20 degrees below zero, you can imagine it's July 25th and you're sweating, which is what I'm doing currently. So anyway, today we're going to talk about um, all the great things that go along with St. James. And boy, do I have a few of those to tell you, including um, the Camino giving me my beloved Lolita, the most wonderful dog ever. Um, Lolita was actually found by my son, uh, as he was doing the Camino. And at the time we were living in Logroño and my son said, Hey mom, guess what? We got us a dog. And Lolita has been with me since 2008. And she's one of the greatest gifts that the Camino has given me, not to mention, you know, a lot of our friends and, you know, pilgrims, uh, people in albergues, Hermano albergues, priests, uh, sisters. It's been great. And for those of you that are wondering about the magic of the Camino, let me tell you that um, we're giving you the heads up because in 2021 is going to be the next holy year. And that happens when July the 25th falls on a Sunday. I can't wait. Not that I, I don't know if I'll be there. I, um, what's so great about a whole year though? Cause that's I'm like, how's it different from a normal year? Well, one of the things about the holy year, um, at, uh, at Jimmy's, it's that it falls every six, five, six and 11 years. And that's when July the 25th falls on a Sunday. I was very lucky to be there uh, in 2010 when it was a holy year. And I have got to tell you, it was spectacular. It was amazing. It was incredible. It was like, it was magical. It was just, it was just magical. It was incredible. Well, how's it, how's it different though? That's what I, I'm, I'm curious about. How's that different than every other time you've been to Santiago? Well, you know what? On this particular year, there were um, a lot more pilgrims on the Camino, you know, to begin with. Um, there were a lot more people that, you know, wanted to arrive, um, you know, near the, you know, near the festivities, you know, of, um, of St. James, of course. 
And, you know, there were people from that I had met, you know, at albergues, um, people, you know, priests, sisters, um, people that I have just met, you know, on the Camino, through, you know, throughout my years as a pilgrim. But this particular year was very special because I met a group of pilgrims, some of whom, you know, came from New Mexico and there were, you know, a couple of others from California and back east, you know, along with, you know, a lot of other pilgrims, you know, that had come in, you know, from different regions in different countries up in, in Europe. And I do recall finding them uh, at the plaza right in front of the cathedral. And we were just overjoyed, you know, to have found each other. Um, at that time, we just found a little spot, you know, and we basically spread our things out. And we were just like laying down, watching the fireworks, you know, coming over the cathedral. It was something that you would not believe. It was incredible. I mean, it was it was absolutely, it was magical. There were like all these people dancing, the bagpipes were playing, you know, people were out dancing in the street. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Not to mention, not to mention the fact that um, you know Paulo Coelho, right? Yes, yes. He okay. he was the one that wrote the the um, pilgrimage and um, the alchemist, right? So you know, it's, it's uh, he was there, and you know, it's I've known him, you know, through like little, just kind of little interactions, and um, and I I saw him, and um, and I said, Don Paulo, you know, you know, how are you? Blah blah blah. He goes. Oh, you must come to the party tonight. And he was throwing a big party at the Hostal de los Reyes Católicos, which used to be a pilgrim hostel at the time that it was run, you know, by the king and queen of Spain. Uh, and now it's a it's a very very elegant hotel. Um, so, and I said I would love to, and I said you know, but I really can't. I said I have Lolita with me. I said you know, my little Camino dog. And he goes, we'll bring her in. And I'm like. You sure? Absolutely. So it was actually quite funny to see so many dignitaries and, you know, very important people. And here's Lolita, whom I lovingly call Jojo, just, you know, walking around in this beautiful courtyard, you know, with like all these important people. And she's going up to everybody. Hi, you know, I'm Lolita, the Camino dog. So it was it was a magical year. It was just amazing. It was amazing. I hear now that if you do look at um, fireworks over the cathedral for normal feast days of normal feast days of St. James, they have a project. They've added projections onto the cathedral now, like uh, to kind of make it a little more magical. So that'll be interesting. You know what? That I have not seen that part. I I mean, I've not been privy, you know, to do that. Um, You know, I can, you know, I can just say, you know, what my experience was, um, you know, in 2010. And that particular weekend um, was also very special because there were a lot of music uh, concerts going on. And among them, uh, probably, you know, two of my favorite, uh, it was Diana Krall and Elvis Costello. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2010 was was very, very special. Very, very, very special. Well, and it was, it was amazing. 
And we also have to give it the cast, like, um, answer to what, what makes it a whole year and not just a normal year. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's primarily, you know, because it just, like I said, you know, is that when July the 25th falls on a Sunday, um, then it is declared a holy year. And the, the, the way that the calendar works is that July the 25th falls on a Sunday every first is like six, five, six, and 11 years. So the last one was in 2010 and the next one is going to be in 2021. And then six years after that. So that would be in what? 2027. That's when it's going to be the next whole year. But what what designates it um, between a normal year for for indulgences? Because um, there's actually a stipulation for this. Is that okay? So if you're Catholic and you walk the Camino during a normal, ordinary year, you get a partial indulgence when you get to the end. Meaning, if you go to confession, receive the Eucharist, pray for the Pope's intentions, pray for you know. Um, for um, St. James's intentions and, you know, and whatever prayers, you get a partial remission of your sins, according to right. the Catholic Church. On right. a holy and year, you get the whole shebang. You get, <laughs> you get um, yeah. total, um, total forgiveness. Um, Up until that point in your life. Yeah. So it's, it's, I don't want to say it's partial. It's um, plenary, plenary. Is that the right term for that? Um, Plenary, yeah. Mm-hmm. Indulgence. So you get, you, and I always kind of felt it was unfair because I've never walked in a whole year. And I actually don't want to walk in a whole year because of the, the crowds. Like the Camino is crowded enough. Why would I want to walk when there's like double the amount of people? But oh, it, it kind of, that little loophole, that little Catholic loophole kind of, I have a, yeah, I have but- a beef. I have a beef to, to say with, with St. James on that one. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, but you know what? It's like you don't even, um, you know. It's like, I mean, you don't have to walk the Camino in order for that to happen, right? You know, because the thing is, is that you know, when it's a holy year, or at least, you know, at least the way that, like, I, you know, that I understand it, you know, is that you can go um, during that time, you know, and you have to obviously, you know you know, visit the tomb of the apostle, you know, and you have to do your little prayers and, you know, uh, pray for the, um, you know, the intentions, you know, of the Pope and, you know, go to confession, you know, uh, you know, take, you know, take the Eucharist, you know, you know, as well, you know, but it's just like, you don't have to, um, you know, you don't have to be walking the Camino during that one particular time. You know, yeah. um, so because there, you know, there's a lot of people, for example, you know, that may suffer from, you know, chronic issues, you know, arthritis or, or, you know, cancer and a number of different things, you know, and it's just kind of, it's kind of like saying, for example, well, you know what, it's like, you know, you'll get a plenary indulgence when you go to Lourdes, you know, on, you know, on a particular apparition day. I mean, you go to Lourdes whenever you can. And when you go, you go with an unbelievable amount of faith, you know. And um, I often say that people that go to Lourdes 
um, the people that have their illnesses on their body are far better off than many of us, you know, who look, you know, apparently good on the outside, but the wounds are on the inside, you know, because you see like that, that light in their eye. So, you know, for, for those people that cannot make it to Santiago, um, necessarily, you know, to be there like on the weekend, you know, of like the whole year, you know what? It's like, just go. Yeah, just that's go. true. You it's- know, just go and, you know, spend time, you know, in in the church. Uh, after the pilgrim mass, um, you know, in the right. spectacle of the incense burner, the botifamero, you know, a lot of people leave and the church is quite empty. Go yeah. and explore the little chapels all around. Go and sit outside. Um, I was actually privy, you know, when there was a mass like down below the altar probably you know one of the most memorable days of my life it was just unbelievable um and and it's it's beautiful it's soothing um it's just beautiful i mean it's just absolutely beautiful so don't think you know that um being out in the crowds um, it's necessarily going to win you, you know, the indulgence or, you know, or forgiveness. I mean, I, you know, our Lord, you know, forgives us even before we ask him. Right. Just spend time with him and with all of the, um, with all of his homies, as I like to call his them. Homies. <laughs> um, I was going to say uh, along the same, so uh, in a in a future podcast, Sandy and I are going to talk about. Uh, so my parents grew up, or my dad grew up in this church in Nebraska, and it has a Marian shrine attached to it now. And um, every like the you know it's uh, Our Lady of Fatima. So 2017 till you know this year, you could mm-hmm. get a plenary indulgence if you you know did all that you know everything that goes yeah. along with it and. A couple of years ago, they also did like 2012, another year of, of um, indulgences. Like you can get a plenary indulgence if you visit the shrine. And at the mm-hmm. time I was working at the shrine, I was like doing gardening. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm starting to collect these plenary indulgence because all you have to do is <laughs> go to confession, receive communion and, you know, and pray, um, you know, and do the prayers. And so it was like, well, you could technically get a plenary indulgence every single week that you're you go to mass at this at this church and so right. you, you know you can give those away too yeah yeah, yeah. you can um, give away your plenary indulgences for somebody else mm-hmm. which yeah, i think is cool go ahead no i was gonna say i you know what it's kind of a neat thing but you know i was like oh i wonder how that you know who that affects i always try to think about who would need a plenary indulgence most in the people who are surrounding me so it's always kind of a, a fun little secret gift you can give. Right. Well, I have to say, you know, that like being on, on pilgrimage, um, you know, in the many times that, you know, that, you know, we've been on, on pilgrimage either, you know, on our own or, or together, um, I actually feel guilty, believe it or not. For what? What do you feel guilty for? Because I'm so ridiculously happy and joyful. 
<laughs> you know, and, and they're like all of these like incredible blessings um, that I just kind of start like passing them on to different people. You know, people that just, you know, like come into my mind. And I know that um, back in 2010, there were a couple of people that I was actually, you know, praying for. And I was just like so happy to, you know, be there on, on a Jubilee year, you know, that even in the midst of, you know, all the music and the fireworks and the church and the mass and how unbelievable it was. Um, I kept finding myself thinking about these other people and just going, you know what, Jimmy? It's like, I've been really lucky. Can I pass it on? Um, now, that was just kind of like my way of just saying, you know what? Call them to the Camino. Call them to the path. Call them to the trail, you know, that leads to where you can experience this kind of like love and, you know, this kind of joy. Um, the Camino has brought me nothing but love and, and joy and, and happiness. I mean, both my children, you know, my dog, friends. It's just been, Jimmy's been very good to me, but not nearly as good as he has been to you. I mean, <laughs> well, he definitely, he, Jimmy definitely plays favorites and you're his fave. I, I can't say that I'm his fave, but you know, the funny thing is, is that, you know, I, I've told a lot of people, yeah, I, I'm hanging out with, in the fishing boat with Jimmy, you know, I hang out and <laughs> cast my nets into the waters and see who I can catch for him and, and who I can catch for the Lord and send them on the path. And then it's not, I, I might put them in the boat, but it's not up for me to, to, I, I don't know, finish that metaphor. Um, it's not up to me to, to fry them in the pan, which sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> catch them. Talking about fish. <laughs> anyway, but you, but you know what? It's it's um it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting, you know, because not until some years back um, that I that I realized how much Jimmy has permeated so much of our lives. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, because of Santiago, you know, it's James and, you know, we call him, we would call him Jimmy, you know, but it's, but it's also Tiago, you know, yeah. which many people in Brazil, uh, many men in Brazil are called Tiago, um, you know, and there's, you know, there's, they also, you know, call him, um, what is it, Santiago, Tiago, um, Jaime, Jimmy, Jacob, going, Jacob, I mean, oh yeah, that, yeah, Jacopo in, in Italy. I mean, you know, it really is true that um, what the Blessed Mother said in Zaragoza, you know, that he was going to be um, converting oh, yeah. far more people. Um, he's converting so many. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at the, if you're ever interested in seeing how many people are walking the Camino, they keep tabs on that. So you yeah. can go to the cathedral. And also I think there's another site that keeps tabs on it, like Camino ways or something like that. Um, but they will tell you it, it's a, for somebody who's into data, it's, it's a lovely data mine. 
um, of how many people from what country, what religion are, well, not religion specifically, but more like religion or not religion plus gender. And um, I think they might even age. Yeah. So it's interest and where they started from. And and it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to look at that kind of data. And uh, as a social scientist, I actually was thinking about doing some work um, as far as taking some of that data and trying to ask, you know, there's, there's a lot of work going on right now in the Camino as far as figuring out what it, what pilgrimage means and what is happening um, with the way religion is in the world right now. Why is pilgrimage increasing? And all of these pilgrimage sites are just popping up and people are, they're hungry for it. Mm-hmm. And well, you, you know, but the thing about pilgrimage, you know, is that, um, Pilgrimage really is um, is a spiritual practice, um, you know, because it's um, you know, nourishing the spirit is not just like, you know, kneeling and you know, like reading a book or just you know, sitting you know necessarily in in a church. You know, it's just it's really finding finding God in everything and. I do recall one particular time, um, you know, when I when I had gone to to Utah, and I went to Bryce Canyon, and I was, you know, just kind of hiking around, and I was just in awe. I mean, literally, I was in awe of the beauty of this place, you know. And I'm just thanking God, you know, for this, like, for His creation. It's just like how incredibly beautiful it was. Now, as beautiful as it was seeing it, you know, from like the top, it wasn't nearly as beautiful as walking down and then looking up, you know, and, and that's what, you know, that really is what, what pilgrimage is all about. You know, it's just, you know, putting one foot in front of the other and just allowing yourself to be guided and, and taken, you know, and finding rhythm between your heart, your mind your soul you yeah. know um you know so it, it's i mean from my end i really you know believe i strongly 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 believe that when we walk um we're able to see the world with like new eyes and we're able to experience things that you know we had not experienced before um you know, both you and I have these like amazing stories on the Camino that, you know, we can just talk about day in and day out. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, I, I totally hear what you're saying. It, and it's, you know, we've walked the Camino so many times. It's different every time, by the way. If you, <laughs> if you walk yeah. it once, the second time you walk it will be different. The third time, I can attest, the third time was way different for me. But, it, and and the fourth time I walk it in about 10 months, I just realized the other day I'm getting ready for two more Caminos in May and June. And I'm just like, wow, that's just 10 months away. I got to go back. And yeah, but just think about it, like all of the routes, you know, they used to say mm-hmm. all roads lead to Rome, you yeah. know, when it was like all about the Romans. But the reality is, is that throughout Europe now, all roads lead to Santiago. Mm-hmm. And if they don't go to Santiago, then they go, you know, and they go and check out their palpier. 
they 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 lead to Rome, and I just think it's like completely fascinating. You know, it's yeah. like all of these roads, you know, and you're going. I mean, Teresa of Avila. Yeah. You don't have to stay very far away from the Camino, you know, to go and see Teresa of Avila. And I know she's one of your faves. Oh, I went um, to see her last time. I yeah, did. I know. I, I wish know, I had more time to spend with her. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then, for example, like, you know, up north, like in France, you don't have to, you know, you know, steer very, you know, very far to go and see Teresa of Lisieux. Or um, the castle for St. Francis Xavier? Is that who I'm thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some or Francis is it Ignatius of Loyola? Oh, my God. One of my favorite places in the world. Oh, I tell you what, doing the spiritual exercises, you know, it's San Ignatius of Loyola's, you know, home, you know, his home and his birthplace was like unbelievable. I mean, my God, we really are blessed, aren't we, Doug? Yeah, we're a little privileged. Um, and it was yeah. St. Iggy's um, feast day recently, too. Yeah, like, you're like the 31st. Yeah, so uh, two for two important feast days in one week. And you can also do those pilgrimages. And they do a, an Iggy pilgrimage, don't they? Um, mm-hmm. A walking one on his feast day. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and actually, you know what? For a lot of the people that are traveling up to France, for example, you know, a lot of people love going up to Paris. Um, they can take actually the train um, from Paris to Biarritz and they can rent a car or they can just, you know, and drive up to Aspetia um, or otherwise they can take the train all the way up to Endaya and then just, you know, take a taxi into San Sebastian or San Sebastian, which is probably one of the most beautiful places in the world. And I'm not exaggerating. Um, and then from there, you know, you can just, you know, drive over to Aspetia and um, you can, you know, you can visit, you know, the house, you know, where St. Iggy was, you know, was born, uh, the room where, you know, Jesus appeared to him, uh, his conversion. It's, you know, I mean, it's pretty, pretty remarkable. It's pretty amazing. Um, you know, and in terms of, um, in terms of the Camino, if I just have a little additional anecdote that I can say, um, the Camino gave me the friendship of a wonderful, wonderful woman, a wonderful Catholic that has been nothing but a blessing in my life, my Aww. dear friend Deb. Oh, yes, because, you know, we, she went up and down the Camino looking for me, my first Camino. I did. I was already I home did. in my jammies. <laughs> I was already in my, my, my jammies <laughs> with my bruised feet. But uh, we we have yet to walk the Camino together. We should probably plan that at some point. But we have walked one pil- We'll talk about that pilgrimage later. Absolutely. Because that was amazing. Uh, there was one more feast day that I hit, I actually hit in madrid that i was kind of upset that i didn't get to go see his remains which is and i will say it not the way they say it in madrid but for us americans it was saint isidore the farmer but Mm -hmm. i don't yeah so and his feast yeah he was his feast day was may 15th and i was in madrid for it i was like oh it was lovely it was a great fiesta 
Well, you know, that's one of the things, though, about uh, patron saints up in up in Spain. It doesn't really matter what town you go to or what city. Everyone has um, a, a particular patron saint, you mm-hmm. know, that, you know, that they go out in, um, you know, and they celebrate, um, you know, and it's, um, you know, in Logroño, for example, you know, where, where I lived, uh, it was San Bernabé. Saint what? Who? <laughs> Bernabé. Okay. Barnabas. Oh, Barnabas. Okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, and, American. And, and, it's, and it's absolutely joyful and wonderful and unbelievable amount of fun. And, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, we can uh, post some of the pictures from the different pilgrimages that, um, you know, that we've undertaken both either, you know, both by ourselves or, you know, with each other. Um, so that, you know, some of our listeners can actually listen and, you know, to the podcast and just kind of like relate to some of these places that we've been to. Yeah, I am. Um, there was, um, I'm going to switch gears just for a second, because I was thinking about our last podcast where we were talking about whether or not you you would walk the Camino solo or as a group. And I don't think I put enough em- emphasis that you might want to choose a tour company mm-hmm. if you have a, some sort of medical illness or yeah, yeah or that you are feel like uh, you don't want for safety reasons don't want to be alone even though i i think the camino is very very safe um but i was just thinking about that because i uh you know i'm planning another group pilgrimage um and i'm going to shout out to my my vendor right now uh, because a lot of there's a lot of vendors cropping up along the Camino that are are doing tours. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so I, I'm using um, um, Yutrea and Isusa, um, which Susea. is Sosia. Yeah, sorry, Rui and Yolanda, and uh, they are fantastic. And uh, they actually are doing. They do a lot of um, American um, patronage right now. Uh, both bicycle and walking both um francis if they have to that's not their favorite they like the portuguese and um they just did the norta and they um they yolanda and rui met on the camino and married so it's a nice little camino love story um they met on the english route which i haven't walked but apparently that's their favorite route so there's tons of different places and um there's a couple different ones that I want to walk soon. Like I'd love to do, um, the one uh, from Valencia. Oh, the one from Alicante going all the <gasps> way up to Via de la Plata. Oh yes. I'd love to. I, mean, I mean, there's, there's so many different, um, there's so many different routes. I will have to say, you know, that, um, El Camino Frances is always going to have a, a special very place. special place in my heart. Um, you know, when I first did it, like, 17 years ago, it wasn't nearly uh, as busy um, or nearly as kind of commercial, you know, um, as it's become in, you know, in some places. The Camino Francis, like I said, it's always going to have a, you know, a place in my heart. Um, But as I've, um, I I guess, you know, as I've gotten older, um, you know, I 
do not want to place myself in any kind of danger. Not that Spain is dangerous because it's not, you know, but I want to place myself on routes, the road less traveled, let's put it that way, or the Camino less traveled. I think Um, that's the general consensus anymore. Actually, you know, it's I need I need that. Um, yeah, I need infrastructure in terms of like albergues, places that I can stop for a cup of coffee, whatever. Um, you know, but I need that. I need that solitude. I need that time. Um, I need you know to know that you know at the end of the day, I will go out and I will get to see my friends. Um, you know, my felt my fellow pilgrim brothers and sisters. Uh, but I do need that solitude, and I cherish that. Um, that's you know, that's my yeah. time with with God, um, and that is God's time to speak to me. And I don't know that at this point in my life, I'm actually willing to relinquish it. Well, and that, you know, that's funny because I don't know how much I talked about it in the prior prior podcasts um, about. You know, I, I get privy. I have all these P words. Um, uh, I have all this um, information from my students that I took and about what they got out of the Camino. And a lot of them were like, wow, um, the commercialization of the Camino really bothered them. And they would have liked a little more um, privacy on the Camino and less traffic towards the end. You know, we, you get to Saria and it's like, and, you know, charge. Everybody's like, you know, there and so our um so that they i think this next time when we do the portuguese i think it's going to be quieter and i think the students even though they haven't been on the frances will appreciate the quiet and solitude compared to the frances we'll see yeah and you and you know what and for the people that want to go on pilgrimage um if you have that call in your heart um you know, to go on pilgrimage, to experience pilgrimage, the spirit of pilgrimage, you know, don't, don't let anything stop you, you know, just go, um, you know, you can make arrangements, you know, um, to have like, you know, to walk and then have somebody pick you up, like, for example, like at the end of a stage, you know, or, or help. Uh, my mom, that's almost 80 years old, you know, she wanted to go out into the Camino. And um, and for her, I mean, at 80 years of age, you know, and she had a number of, you know, health issues. My mom, um, I took her in the car um, and we stopped at every single place where there was like a church. And she stopped and she said a prayer and she had a cafe con leche. And then we moved on and we took a lot of the rural roads, you know, just like out on the Camino, um, you know, we did pretty much everything. Now, can you discount um, my mom for doing it by car versus myself who did it walking, you know, oh. many years prior? <laughs> yeah. It's some, some, I think probably a decade ago or so, I probably would have discounted it because I was quite a purist Uh um, and rather arrogant about it. But as I have gotten older, you know, I have come to appreciate the effort that older people take in order to do 
and and follow that call in their heart. And so yeah. if you tell me, you know, if I see a 20-year-old kid speeding, I don't know, 60, 70, 80 miles an hour, you know, to get to the next place, you know, and do the Camino and in, you know, like three or four days getting as many stamps, you know, as a, as a way of saying, look, I mean, I went ahead and I did it and I did it in one week, you know, I might take a, I might take a little bit of an issue, yeah. um, you know, but I can tell you one thing I was quite humbled, um, when I was actually, I found myself walking in the shoes of pilgrims that I criticized before. Uh, we, uh, we had, and since, I will, yeah, I will go not on do that. So, uh, one of the things we had, since it was a sociology class that I was teaching, um, and we, we stuck to a lot of sociology topics, obviously. And, uh, in this day and age, uh, we took a quite a diverse group of pilgrims, um, with us. And so there were a lot of very, um, different types of people with us. And so we had to have a discussion about what a microaggression is. And if you're not familiar with, with that phrase, it means, you know, sometimes, you know, it's uh, like cutting somebody down without being aware that you're, that you're doing it or cutting Mm -hmm. them down without, with that, but it seems like a nice thing, you know, like, Oh, like telling, um, um, I think I'll, I'll do one that's personal to me, which is, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, a larger girl and, um, a lot of times, and I can outwalk a lot of people, which is very surprising to people. And, and so they'll be like, wow, you walk really well. And I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a microaggression. So we had to talk about that. And, um, the day after we talked about that, what a microaggression is, um, we were walking along the Camino and there's a, one of the markers and it was closer to the 100 kilometer marker. And, um, we walked past and somebody had written on there. Um, Jesus didn't start in Saria. (laughs) So it was just like a a big old microaggression. And and I'm like, did you see the microaggression Mm -hmm. written about the pilgrims who start, you know, a hundred kilometers away from Santiago as opposed to people who start in Lyon or start in St. John, you know, and, and the students picked up on that right away. Oh yeah, it's a terrible microaggression. And it goes back to, I think that, um, the story of, uh, the widow, you know, uh, yeah. the widow who puts, um, her, you know, uh, a couple coins into the, uh, into the, um, collection at, at the temple and then, you know, and, why it is why is she celebrated more than somebody who can afford to give money and and Jesus is like because she gave all she could and you could all same she had. Could, all she had and you could say that's for your mom who's you know for for a lot of pilgrims you know maybe all they have is they can only walk you know mm-hmm. a couple kilometers one day or you know it takes all they have to to, to do it, but they're going to do it with all they, with all their heart and with all their, you know, with, with everything they have where yeah. as you know, f- for some of us, and I'm not mm-hmm. one of these people, they can walk, and, you know, 25 right. kilometers and, and, right. you know, before breakfast and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and good for them, but you know, it, it means just as much for the person who can only walk two or three. 
Mm-hmm. And you and you've met my mom, and yes. you know it's like it's very difficult for her to walk. You know, so I mean, just the fact that she got out of the car, um, you know, and walked to the church and said her prayers, and you know, we were stopping at albergues, you know, with like friends and people that like we knew, and you know, she was so grateful and just like thank you for taking care of my daughter, you know, during her previous caminos and the friendship and the love, you know, that like you've given her. Um, you know, so having said that, um, the Camino is not just, um, it's not just, uh, you know, like, like seriousness. And it's also not just fun. Um, the Camino is full of lessons and it doesn't matter whether, you know, your Camino is in Spain or Canada or in Nebraska or, you know, up in the Basque country or, or in France, you know, it's, every pilgrimage, every path that we take, and even when we're walking our dogs, um, has meaning. That's all about finding the sacred in everyday life, isn't it? It is. Nice tie-in to our slogan there. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But on that note, I think we are going to stop here and... um, we are going to pick up on our next episode. I think we're going to talk about something a little closer to our hearts here. So uh, stay tuned for our next episode because we're going to talk about a famous U.S. pilgrimage. I can't wait to talk about it because I went on it this year. I'm so excited. Anyway, um, so from Sandy and I, we are both going to wish you a buen camino and um, we'll see you later. And don't forget to find the sacred in everyday life.